0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Play. Full-time play. fantasy.
1: All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, it was a happy Mother's Day for many people out there, many of the mothers out there, Mrs. Roto. But it was a crazy day of basketball. Oh, my God. Did you watch both those games? Sure did. I wasn't going to miss that. Oh, my God. So would Kawhi Leonard put that shot up? Did you ever think it was going in? I thought it was going to bounce off at least three different times.
2: Yeah, I thought it had a shot. Uh, You know, I'm just used to Kawhi making these big shots, but it certainly was a tough angle and beat in front of him. And you could just see the suspense and people just holding their breath as that ball bounced off the rim four times and finally going in, sending the Raptors to the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Oh, my God. So let me ask you a question here. I don't mean to be soft or not. Are you okay with Embiid crying?
2: Yeah, because it shows me he really cares, as opposed to a guy like Kyrie Irving, who didn't seem like he could care if the team loses. And I know it's kind of unfair to judge like that, But based on what we've seen with that team this entire year, Kyrie Irving kind of just wanted to get this over with and leave. Whereas Embiid has put his heart and soul into this. And, you know, it was real emotion. And it was game seven. And they battled back. And it was a tie game. And to lose on a shot like that uh, is definitely devastating. So I know a lot of people are going to beat him up and everything. But it was just real raw emotion. And it shows that he really cares. Where I don't know if I could say the same thing about a guy like Kyrie Irving.
1: All right, now I'm going to go back to why James Harden's a jerk. When they lost to the Warriors, you know who the first person who ran to the locker room was? James Harden. Yesterday, at least Embiid and Butler and all those guys, they hugged it out with the Raptors. I, you know, it's a long series. I like that. I hated when Harden left the court, and it confirmed my point of why he is not a good man, Adam.
2: Yeah, again, I'm not going to judge whether a guy's a good person or not, whether they walk off the court. You can say that you don't like that from a sports perspective, perspective but it doesn't mean he's a bad person Yeah, but you
1: like you're a hockey guy at the end of hockey after they bash each other for seven games they line up and shake hands and i i think there's something to that i I think that it's respectful you know you're both in the same league together i'm i don't like losing at anything dude whether we're playing you know uh, uh
2: cards or whether we're playing tennis but i still would shake the dude's hand at the end yeah no i mean you should but it doesn't mean he's a bad person all right, you know my feelings, We're
1: just throwing it out there. Okay, let me ask you here about the Raptors. It seemed at the end of that game it was Kawhi and four other men standing around. Can they use that offense against the Bucks and win? Uh
2: probably not. I mean, do they have a shot to beat him? Sure. Uh Kawhi Leonard's one of the best players in the NBA. And you know, he took what, thirty nine shots here. Uh and they needed him to. Uh he's been clutch before, and I think People might have forgotten about him because he did sit out the entire, basically the entire year last year. And with the Spurs, there were other players around him. Obviously, he is the guy here. Uh, and, you know, this whole series was a defensive one. We didn't see a lot of points. Most of these games were under. So they, just, they needed him to do a lot. They got some contributions from Serge Ibaka yesterday. But obviously, it came down to uh, Kawhi Leonard with the ball in his hands. And that's what you wanted.
1: So if you're betting, you're betting. I'm betting on the. I'm betting on the Bucks to win this series. You take the same bet. Yes. All right. Let's look at the other game there. Uh, Nuggets and Blazers. I'll tell you this. I think the Blazers have two guys who, at the end of a game, can find the basket. McCollum is sensational. Lillard is sensational. The Nuggets have Jokic, who's (laughs) phenomenal, but I think they needed another guy. It just felt to me that they were one player short, that if they had one more guy at the end of the game, and I know Jamal Murray played well in spots, but they needed their McCollum or Lillard.
2: Yeah, they didn't really get too much help yesterday outside of Jokic, and you know, he did miss a big free throw, but you know, he's done so much for that team and played so many minutes, forty two more minutes. Murray just didn't shoot the ball well. He was uh, you know, struggling from the field yesterday, uh, didn't hit a three. Uh, he was 4 of 18 from the field. So if he has just a little bit better a game, they probably win because we've seen in big spots he was able to step up at times when their season was on the line, wasn't able to do it yesterday, and uh, even Paul Millsap struggled, too. We were used to seeing Millsap put up numbers in this series. He fouled out late, but he only shot three at 13. They just could not hit a three. Wasn't Millsap really
1: half. good when he was with the Hawks? He seems like his game is just going down.
2: Oh, He was very good at the beginning of this series for the first four or five games. He was excellent.
1: I guess that's true. I don't know. He just doesn't seem to me the same Millsap who I remember when he was a Hawk. That guy was a beast. That guy was twenty ten every night.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's a little older now, so he's not going to do that. But, you know, you he- only three of thirteen yesterday. After playing well in the first five games or so, uh, so yeah, the Nuggets are a very young team. I was actually surprised they didn't get more contributions from the bench because I think they do have talent there, but they just didn't do enough in this series. And uh, they were one of the youngest teams in the league, so I think they do have a bright future.
1: When do you think? Do you think uh, Durant? How many games in the series do you think he plays, and how effectively do you think he plays?
2: He's already been ruled out for game one, and it seems unlikely he's gonna play game two so I thought
1: they I, I thought they were gonna see what it looks like game three if they can go one and one maybe you just need him to win one game in Portland there right so that's I thought that they were gonna see what they could do uh, you know with the, without in the first two games
2: my guess is they probably will do something like that they'll see if they go up 20 right you uh, don't need him he right. might not even play game three uh, right. if, it, if it is one one they'll probably be a little bit more pressure to get him out there in game three
1: and if they're 0 2 for sure he's playing. Right, but I think that these are pretty evenly matched teams without Durant. With Durant, I think the Warriors are much better. But without Durant, you know, you got Curry and Thompson, you got Lillard and McCollum, you got you know um, Draymond Green, and you got uh, you know uh, Turner and Canner. It's pretty pretty evenly matched.
2: I don't think so. I think people forgot how Golden State was good before Kevin Durant. And (laughs) because remember, Klay Thompson really didn't have to do much. He was basically pushed to a different role. Then when you need Thompson, what does he do? He steps up big time. And Curry as well. I mean, Curry just kind of took over that fourth quarter. So, you know, Portland's a scrappy team, but it's hard to see Golden State losing.
1: I'm going to give you one player in Portland, one who I think may be the key to the series. You're going to laugh when I tell you this player. I think it's Zach Collins. Because when that guy plays well, He's active, and he gives him another body. He blocks some shots. When he gets into quick foul trouble, they got nothing behind him. Nothing.
2: Yeah, they, but Collins, you know, Denver had some size. Golden State doesn't play that way, especially oh, yeah. without boogie. So, you know what I mean? There, Golden State's going to go small. I know, but that's why I think Collins could, could but he's fast. He's not hes not a,
1: tall, a lumbering guy who takes a long time down the court. He's a pretty fast guy for his size. I mean, that's why I think that he could have some sort of impact on the boards if he could stay out of foul trouble, which he never seems to do.
2: Yeah, uh, they're probably going to have to, you know, use him quite a bit. Uh, Rodney Hood, we're not sure about his injury. He said he's probably going to play Tuesday, but we'll see if he's good to go. And mm-hmm. um, there's also a chance that uh, DeMarcus Cousins could be back, they were saying. Are you rushing Boogie back? You're not rushing him back, but you know if he's good to go, you get him in there.
1: Uh, you know what I'm really want to see tomorrow? The NBA draft lottery,
2: Ronus. Yeah, that'll be taking place tomorrow at uh, eight thirty p.m. Eastern.
1: Oh my god! What I mean, New York fans have to be sitting there w- w- praying for Zion. What is there like some, some betting? Can you bet on that? Yeah, of course you can bet on anything, What's man. What's the, <laughs> that's true? Got bet? What am we'll say next? All right, what's the odds of the Knicks getting Zion? Do you know?
2: I haven't checked, but remember, it's what is it about twelve point nine percent for the three worst teams? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's got to be probably pretty even with uh, those three teams.
1: Nah, I think I, I would take I would take the Knicks over. You think they're going to stick Zion and Phoenix? Do you think the NBA wants Zion and Phoenix? No, nah, of course they want him in New York. Do you want Zion in Cleveland because they have one, He's the, the other bad team. How is that? How would that play out? do You think Zion taking over for LeBron? think that sells
2: uh not for it and i was right they're all plus 600 calves knicks and sons so 100, 100 Sports gets
1: Sports me 600 i might take that bet with the knicks dude
2: uh yeah 20 bucks gets you 140 that's not bad yeah but again the percentage is just 12.9 percent
1: if you believe that, which I don't, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Well, know.
2: then if you're a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> then put all the money down.
1: <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I didn't say all the money. I just said 100. But uh, no, I don't. I don't that's, that, that's a bet that. Don't, you don't think the. Do you think the. Well, the NBA has to be in the up and up after that Ewing thing, you know, from years ago where people didn't really see how that went down.
2: Right. Uh, so, look, I think everyone thinks that it'll be the Knicks, but uh, the Knicks might have some bad luck.
1: Uh, (laughs) All right, last uh, basketball thing for me before we move on. There's talking about Kyrie going to the Lakers and playing with LeBron again. Brian Winterhorst is like, it's not impossible. Doesn't that seem ridiculous that the guy didn't want to be anywhere near him? Then he leaves him. Now he wants to go back to him. How does that make any sense?
2: Well, again, I think it's because Kyrie saw what it was like. You know, he was talking all that trash and he wanted to be the guy. And I think he got a taste of what it's like in dealing with younger players, and maybe he's like, damn, this is not how I thought it was going to be. And there was a lot of people in that locker room who were not really happy with Kyrie, and it seems like they want him to go. So he did have success with LeBron, and they did win. So it would be a crazy story for it to come full circle like this, but maybe not that shocking.
1: All right, let's turn our attention to fantasy baseball. I am the mixed labor Lee Adam, and we had our fab last night. Harold Ramirez went to Joe P for the mere price of $26, and we're out of 100 free agent budgets. So 26 out of 100 it's 26% of your budget. Are you happy with that bid?
2: No. Um, but is he near the bottom, and is he trying to take a chance?
1: He is near the bottom.
2: Yeah, so I guess that's it, uh, where he feels like, all right, I need to get someone down just to kind of keep my season alive. But... Uh, I don't know what else was available, but I wouldn't have done it.
1: Yeah, I mean, have you ever? I mean, I, I didn't know much about Harold Ramirez. I mean, I know his numbers are pretty darn good. The guy was hitting three fifty five with four home runs. And the, the year before in A, he showed some power and speed. But isn't that a whole lot of money? I mean, are you ever that desperate in a league to make an impact like that?
2: If I'm near the bottom of the standings, and I'm usually not, uh, and I'm just being realistic, even early in the year, my worst team right now is probably the NFBC Auction, and it's actually moved up because I had all these injuries, so I had a good pitching week. But, um, you know, in Tout Wars, I was desperate offensively, but I looked at my team I said, all right, uh, I'm getting Lindor back. I'll get Olson back. I just got Medals back. So it was just like, okay, I'm not healthy. So I was taking shots. You know, I put in a decent bid on Key Boom and didn't get him, thankfully, a couple weeks ago. So in this case, though, I think, because we had Joe on last week, and I think he was close to the bottom and his team was struggling. So he might just look at it and say, look, uh, I, I, the team is a disaster and, and I'm just looking for anything, and maybe this guy comes up. And we see a lot of young players come up and have success for a week or two and then pitchers adjust and then they really slump. So that would be my guess from his perspective, but I couldn't see myself doing it, especially 26 out of 100. No, I couldn't. It's a $100 budget, right?
1: Yeah, $100 budget, not a 1000 So, all right, Corbin Martin was out there. He wasn't out there in my NFBC league, Ronis, but he was out there in the other leagues. Um, went for $16, and then the other bids were $13,7543. I'm a big Corbin Martin fan, but $16 seems a little aggressive, don't you think?
2: Uh, not if you need pitching. I mean, look, we're in an era now where the pitching is a struggle for a lot of people, and we've had a lot of injuries you're talking about a pitcher who's on a really good team in Houston, so he's going to be in a position to win games. He obviously looked very good in his debut yesterday, had pretty good numbers in the minor leagues except for the walks. Uh, and I guess the biggest concern is, okay, how long is he in the rotation? That's what you're worried about. Uh, I know- think he
1: sticks. I think he sticks on him. I do.
2: I would think so. I mean, everybody's been waiting on Forrest Whitley, and he's just not pitching well at AAA, so there's no reason to bring him up. Uh, you know, uh, it he throws in the mid-90s, so you know he can get some strikeouts. Now, he's going to have a big, big test this week. His next start's in Fenway, and the Red Sox are heating up like we expected. So that's going to be a good one. But, you know, he's got a good change, good fastball, and, again, a good team contact. So I could see it. I mean, I put bids on him, one of the leagues where he was available, and I didn't get him anywhere.
1: All right, so this is uh, uh, the next player here was very interesting, Steve Ciszek who could be closing for the Cubs with Pedro Strope out, goes to roto for $11, and then the next bids are 3 dollars and one. So when you see that, do you get disheartened? Like if you were the guys at roto and you bid 11 are you like, oh, I shouldn't have bid that much? How do you feel about that when that happens to you?
2: I mean, anyone's going to feel like that, but I think people are missing the boat on C-Sheck, and I picked them up Wednesday night where we have Fab in my league. I picked them up. In Tout Wars, I picked him up in two other leagues. I did lose out on him in a couple, but I don't understand. People are bidding so much money on Chris Martin of Texas. I mean, well, he went he for might, $11 to Andrea Lamont. He might not close the rest of the week. I Kelly, know. Kelly is due back on Thursday, and I still think Jose LeCurk getting the job back. Now, C-Sheck is a veteran, maybe because people have seen him before, and he's not a lock to keep the job, and maybe the bidding would have been different depending on when your fab ran because last night— I think the Cubs game ended uh, around 10, a little after 10 East Coast time. And Fab locked in NFBC at 10. But, yeah, I felt NFBC auction, my bid was 23. He went for 25. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't, but I don't know why people weren't more aggressive on him. I know he got the save yesterday. I'm not saying this in hindsight. I picked him up Wednesday night. No,
1: no, no. I'm just saying my, my bigger question was, do you feel disappointed when you spend $10 more? But you're saying if you like the player, it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, and look, he's not a lock to keep the job, but I think right now, at least for the next several weeks, he was already converting two. They used him at the top of the ninth the the other day. He didn't convert to save. He came in with a runner on to run scored. I don't blame that to him because the base runner was not put there by him, but I got to think he's going to get the next several save opportunities. I know Madden will like to mix and match, but I think C-Sheck was probably undervalued by a lot of people, and it could turn out to be wrong in two weeks, but I firmly believe that uh, he was a, a good pickup.
1: All right, we'll continue with the mixed labor, fab results. There are a lot of players out there that I want to get Adam's opinion on. We're full-time fantasy, and we're back right after this.
0: 809613631
1: 809613631 809613631 809613631
0: Rainness Make it rain this next wave of guys that are coming up for the NBA—it's in pretty good shape. We still don't know who's going to replace that Mount Rushmore there, the face of the NBA uh, once LeBron goes away. But we do know that the talent level in the NBA—probably some of the best that we have uh, seen in a long, long time. These young guys are balling out. See, it's amazing what happens. LeBron steps aside, and bam! Look at that. Everyone else seems to rise to the occasion. Weekdays, six to nine a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
1: All right, we're back. We're full-time fantasy. Dr. Roto here with Adam Ronas. And we're going through the uh, labor mixed results last night for the Fab. Uh, So let me ask you a couple more players here. So uh, P got Josh James at $7, Adam. I thought that was a very good bid. I was a $2 bid on Josh James. I think he's just getting closer and closer to that rotation.
2: He could. Uh, Obviously, they already removed Colin McHugh. Brad Peacock, though, has pitched very well lately. And uh, Wade Miley continues to get the job done. Uh, we know he doesn't have great stuff, but he's coming off a good outing. But there could be an opportunity for James to be in the rotation at some point. But if for his team near the bottom, uh, I don't know if you can do that. I think when you are near the bottom, you've you got to play week to week. Your goal is to try and get back in it. So what is it, if, if James doesn't start for another month or two, Like, how does that help you near the bottom?
1: No, I, I'm well. I, I'm with you. I just look. I don't even know what I would do with him. He's so far back. He, I don't even know how he how he gets, catches up.
2: It doesn't matter. It's not even just catching up. It's just trying to put it put it together week by week and not give up because there will be other leagues where the team at the bottom will give up. So at least he's trying and you know putting trade feelings out there and making waiver wire moves. It's better than someone who's going to quit.
1: Alright, I got a trade offer for you. Alright, I think I could with him. Alright, this this is kinda of fair, I think. Because I have Travis Shaw who might be smelly Ronus. Would you trade if you were me, Aaron Nola, Jose Ramirez, and like a throw in for Trout, Josh James, and Keston Hura? Remember, I have Travis Shaw. That's why I'm asking for Hura.
2: Yeah, but I don't I don't think they're gonna bring Hura up uh yet. They might be-
1: but I know, but I'm holding him. I'm stashing him just in case. Just in case.
2: Uh, I I wouldn't. Think giving up too much there.
1: Yeah, know. that's a problem. I've got to wait for Nola to come back, right? See, the problem is when somebody's willing to trade Trout, there's like no good deal. Yeah, you got
2: to overpay for him.
1: Right, you don't want to do that. All right, you mentioned Chris Martin before. Andrew Lamont goes for gets him for eleven dollars. That just seems to be. I, I know the th- the thought is, don't pay for closers in the draft, then you pay for them later, but that's a lot of money for me, Adam.
2: Yeah, I just don't know if he's going to keep the job, if he even has it. I mean, for now he is, but Sean Kelly, who was on the injury list with an infection, is coming back Thursday from what I'm seeing. I still think Jose LeClerc gets his job back. He's actually been pitching better. He had that one bad outing, uh, but he's pitched better. And, you know, Martin has been getting strikeouts, but he also gives up a ton of home runs, which is not ideal in that ballpark. So I would have I put bids on him over the weekend, but very small and did it land him anywhere. Uh, Again, I don't see the reasoning for taking Martin over C-Shack.
1: Right. I would agree with that. I want Martin. I want I want c first for sure. All right. Then I bid seven dollars on Charlie Tilson and won him. Next bids were four and three. I needed the speed, and I like what I'm seeing there.
2: Yeah, that's what he can do is he can steal bases and bunches, and they are giving him the playing time now in the outfield. So I think a lot of people who needed some speed went out and got him. Uh, We've seen him briefly at the major league level, struggled last year, only hit 264. He doesn't have any power and only stole two bases. That was surprising. He already has three steals this year. So that's what you want to see is uh, you're hoping to get some speed out of him, uh, knowing that you're really not going to get much power. And I would think, at least for now, if he continues to hit, they'll they'll keep him in the lineup for a little bit.
1: Now, this is why he's very clever. Our guy Rudy Gamble goes and gets Marwin Gonzalez for 3 bucks. Now Nelson Cruz might be heading to the uh, injured list with a wrist injury.
2: Marvin Gonzalez has sucked this year, man. I, he's I never bad. He sucks. He's I don't even th- I never thought he was that good. The reason why people love him is because position flexibility. But he's done nothing this year. This is a twins lineup that has hit across the board. I mean, guys hitting two thirty one, three homers, eleven RBIs. I mean, this is a good twins lineup. So he's had plenty of opportunities and he hasn't got the job done. I, I think they do have a good schedule this week. So if you're looking at a weak league, they might play Seven games, if I'm not mistaken. So if you look at it from that perspective, sure, there's uh, several teams with five games this week. uh, But I I think he's in jeopardy of potentially losing playing time when they're healthy because Miguel Sano is doing well in rehab. And I think he could be up soon and maybe sooner than later if Cruz does land on the injured list.
1: All right, that's for sure. Miguel no, I, I like him. But uh, I mean, Marwan, because I, I don't know if I agree with you about Marwan Gonzalez. I know he hasn't been good, but don't you think in a 15 team league for three bucks, I have David Bote for the same reason, just because he plays like three different positions?
2: Nah, I'm not interested. I said it when he signed with the Twins. Uh, I just don't think he's good. Uh, you know, he's got a 643 OPS this year, 733 last year with a really good Astros team. I mean, if you're looking for a week or two, sure. But this is not a guy you want to roster the whole year. He had 16 homers and 68 RBIs last year. 247 hours. That's like nothing in baseball now. So, um, and he was on he was on the waiver wire for a reason. I think he was available in tout, too. Um, but if you're looking week to week and you need the position flexibility and you're hoping that he plays five of the seven games, sure. But... He's just not someone long term that that's an answer. I just, I, I've never, i never had interest in Marwin Gonzalez this year. I mean, I'm, right. sure he, I'm sure he's going to have a hot streak at some point. He's been dreadful, so every player, no matter how bad you are, is going to have uh, some games where he comes through. And he has started to hit a little bit. Late. He actually has multiple hits in consecutive games, but. Uh, He's been bad this year. But what you look for, the positives are the Twins lineup is really good. So if he ever can get going, it can help him drive in runs. And he does have the position flexibility. He's pretty much played third base. And even if they bring up Sano, if Cruz is out, they can put Sano at the DH. I'm sure they want to get Estadillo in as well. I mean, the Twins have gotten tremendous production from their catches this year. Mitch Garver's got seven, eight home runs. Jason Jason Castro. Castro has five home runs. And Estadillo is hit. It's unbelievable. Like, everything is... Going right for the twins and especially at the catcher position. All right, so I don't mean to
1: bounce back to basketball, but I've just noticed something here and I didn't, I, didn't, I hadn't noticed it prior. I didn't realize that John Beeline hired uh, Michigan's John Beeline, who is one of the better head coaches in college basketball, signed a five year deal to coach uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ronis, did you catch that?
2: Yeah, saw that earlier today.
1: Why, if you're Beeline, who you're beloved at Michigan, you're winning, you're getting deep into the, uh, the the tournament every year
2: why do you want to go coach for the cavaliers maybe he said you know what i'm getting older and uh, i want to give a shot at the nba i think he's 66 so uh, this is the right time at 66 to start coaching guys who don't listen to you who get paid more than you well when if he wanted the challenge of the nba when was he going to do it when he's 75
1: don't you think though the great college coaches the great ones are teachers And they recruit. I know recruiting takes a lot out of them. I get that. But they're teachers, and they can make an impact on kids. And when you get to the pros, it is very hard to make an impact because these guys make so much money that they barely listen.
2: Yeah, but again, I think sometimes people want to change. They want to challenge. And he figured that maybe this was the time, his last opportunity to do it. And he'll probably do this job, and this will probably be it for him.
1: So one more big contract, get your money and go.
2: I think he could have gotten a big contract in Michigan. Got a
1: lot of money in Michigan, dude.
2: Probably, but again, maybe he said, you know what? I've always thought about the NBA. I was tempted, never went with it. And you know what? This could be the last opportunity. Let me give it a shot.
1: I just always think how many of these great college coaches go to the NBA and are successful. Very rarely does it happen. I'm not saying it never happens. But, I mean, look at John Calipari. Nobody more successful than John Calipari won a great pro coach.
2: Yeah, no, it doesn't happen very often. But that shouldn't deter someone else from not doing it if they really want that challenge.
1: I always go back to Steve Spurrier. How good was Steve Spurrier at, at the University of Florida? Goes to the Redskins. It was terrible. I just always think, like, stay in your lane find your lane and be great at what you do there's nothing there's nothing bad about that
2: yeah but there's also nothing wrong with taking a challenge you know I think people want something different and this is probably something that has been on his mind for a while and he thought about it you know he's got money so maybe he just wanted to see what it it's like in the NBA.
1: All right. Well, I wish him luck. I feel badly for University of Michigan fans because that guy was a really good coach. His teams always played better than they were, and they always—they never underperformed in the tournament.
2: No, for sure. I—I I had Michigan going to the final two years ago, and they made it.
1: Right. I mean, exactly. They always played better, and I mean, they had good players. Who was that guy? I, the, uh, the 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 uh, the white the German guy. He was good, but he wasn't that great. But he played great in college. Yeah. You don't know no, talk about.
2: He does a good job with that team. Um, and he's always been a good coach. So I think a lot of times we do see these guys stay in college uh, basketball for life. But, oh,
1: thank you. Know. you. Mo, Mo Wagner, right? Mo Wagner's not is he even in the NBA? Is he like a 12th man on some team?
2: Potentially, probably. Not.
1: Yeah, he's the Lakers' 12th man, right? Yeah, he's not that good. All right. So, uh, by the way, I want, as long as we're staying with basketball here for a second, you see the Lakers hired Frank Vogel uh, after blowing it with Tyron Lue. You happy with that one or don't, you don't even care? That I,
2: doesn't matter at this point.
1: Yeah. Did you see, did you see why they didn't hire Jason Kidd? I did not. Because they didn't want to uh, push his uh domestic abuse stuff to the forefront. They wanted to keep that at low profile so he's an assistant coach. Remember well, all the problems he's had Yeah. With them?
2: So essentially Kidd is the coach.
1: Yeah. So well that was the thing with Tyron Lue. They wanted Kidd, but they didn't want any to- Kidd the head coach because they didn't want to bring all the stuff all these people to get angry. So yeah, he's sitting on the bench. How how do, how, do, how can you work like that?
2: Yeah, that team has turned into a mess.
1: Oh my God! I, you know, I never thought it would be possible for that team to be such a mess. Because that team was always one of the best best run franchises. When you think of the great franchises, if for example in, in baseball, to give me the top three well run franchises in
2: baseball to you, right now, in general, I mean over the years, Houston is extremely well run now. I know for a while they weren't, but they're right up there. They just keep churning out prospect after prospect. The Yankees. Very well-run. How about yeah. the Cardinals? Cardinals well-run? E- yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've made a couple of bad decisions here, but they're well-run.
1: But they always seem to try to do the right thing. Maybe it doesn't work out, but they do the right thing. And the NFL? I mean... Patriots, easy. Patriots, but easy. Is there any other that's close to them? Uh,
2: I think the Eagles are getting there.
1: Yeah. Well, they've got a good front office right now. That's true. I mean, but they're... So many other teams. See, that's the problem when you think about it. There's so many poorly run front offices in sports. And in basketball, you would have said the Lakers at one time, right? Now would you say the Celtics? Or you can't even say that anymore?
2: No, I don't I'm not sure you can say the Celtics after what happened this year. Is there any team that's well run in basketball? Golden State.
1: Yeah. Did you see my son, because you know he's a big basketball guy kid, he was um he said something like uh the owner said that he will pay whatever it takes to bring those guys back.
2: Well yes, but I think specifically Clay Thompson. Uh and it's possible now because you gotta think Durant is gone, cousins should be gone, so
1: if Durant goes, do you overpay Boogie to stay? I don't think you
2: can coming off the two injuries. Yeah, but one injury doesn't have to do anything with the other, does it? It's get big man getting older.
1: Mm, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, is, are you going to be able to find a more talented guy? Or do you give him a one-year deal, a big, you know, a two-year deal tops? Two years, 20
2: million. Well, I don't know. I think he was hoping to get that big deal. That's why he took the one year for cheap to prove that he can play. So, I mean, if he comes back in the playoffs and he's still effective, I think that will obviously help him.
1: Right. So, he's he's invested in coming back, right?
2: I would think so. I mean, especially, yeah, this close to potentially helping get a ring. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he's good to go, I think he'll be out there.
1: He's got a hundred million reasons to come back, Ronus. All right, let me. Um, I'm going to continue here. I'm going to bounce back to baseball for a second. So, in terms of more guys, uh, Hunter Pence, Ronas went for $51 in FSTA. He's been very hot recently. Do we buy into Hunter Pence, or he's just getting through a hot streak?
2: No, I'd be adding him if I could. Uh, I actually, the first waiver period of Fab and Tout, I actually picked him up because I saw his spring and I was like, damn, man, is this, is this true? And he was running. So the fact that he was actually attempting stolen bases in the spring told me, okay, this guy's healthy and there's some drive here. And he didn't play much early on, so I wound up dropping him. But now with Delano DeShield sending down to the minor leagues. Pence looks like he's going to get an opportunity to play pretty consistently. Now, he hasn't really run much here. He's got one stolen base and two attempts. But it's a good park. It's a good lineup. Uh, he's changed uh, a little bit of his uh, batting stance. He's hitting the ball really hard now. He's still not elevating the ball. So I don't think you're going to continue to see big power. He's always been a guy when he had those years where he was hitting for power. He was a big ground ball guy. So that's why you never really saw the huge power season from Pence. You know, He was always 25 home runs in that area he never got to 30 it's because he doesn't hit the ball in the air but sure if i needed some outfield help uh, i'd definitely be trying to pick him up uh probably 12 team leagues borderline definitely 15 league 15 team leagues for sure all right let me
1: give you another guy who was i was kind of surprised this guy was out there but he only went for 41 out of a thousand in this league i much prefer a thousand brandon nemo I mean, he has not had a really good year for the Mets, but he went for 41 bucks. The other bids were 18 14 12 I don't mind that kind of investment. Do you?
2: Um, it's okay. I mean, he's really struggled. He's just striking out so much. Uh, it feels like it's more. I think it's about 5%, 5.5% increase from last year. It feels more watching the games. It just feels like so many times. He's been striking out. Now, OBP leagues, he's fine because he walks a lot, 16.2% walk rate. But, you know, he's not running much. He doesn't have much power. They've dropped him in the order pretty much to the seventh spot. Uh, so I have him in a league, and he's been pretty much on the bench. But he's really struggled. Uh, he's not hitting the ball hard either. So 15-team league, okay, fine. I know there's not much out there, and you hope he catches fire because we saw what he did last year. I mean, he had a stretch where he was really good, but, man, he's just – really looked bad at the plate this year. All
1: right, let me give you, uh, speaking of the plate, hard to find a good catcher. Tony Walters has started to take that job over in Colorado. Can we trust him at all? I mean, there's a little speed, a little power, plays in cores, worth 10 bucks?
2: Uh Very few catchers you can trust, uh, but I would, you know, he's playing in cores. They've still yet to play. They still have a lot of home games left. So I'd take a shot. I mean, he has no home runs in 28 games. Uh, and the 301 average is boosted by a 362 batter, a right. piece of career, 235 hitter. So if you think he's the long term answer, he's not. But I think at the catcher positioning at this point, we're just trying to piece it together for that second catcher. Hopefully, you have one diesel one, and there are a lot of teams that don't. So, you know, I had a couple leagues where I had to drop Zunino, and it's not really much out there in a 15 team league. So if, if he's How about out Travis there, Darnot? Nah, he sucked, you know. I probably wouldn't. I mean, I know he's going to get some playing time, but he just has never been able to put it together or stay healthy.
1: No, that's true. And I think you're right. I think it's finding a second catcher who won't kill you. Probably the best way to look at it, right, Adam?
2: Yeah. I mean, even I would take catchers that don't play every day uh, that are are decent. You know, the Kurt Suzuki, uh, Jason Castro. You know, I saw Castro available in some leagues. Yeah, he might only play two times a week, but when he's been out there, he's been pretty good, and it's a good Twins lineup. It's better than putting a catcher out there five days a week who's going to hit 180 and not really contribute in the counting stats. Absolutely.
1: All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to look at the Knights slate and Major League Baseball. Maybe we can win you some money in DFS. It's a very small slate, only six games. Will that be easy for us to find you, the visionaries, and the bonus from Ronis? We'll let you know when full time fantasy returns right after this.
0: Matt, what about Mike Fires? Coming off the no-hitter at Seattle, an offense that has cooled down a lot. It's actually a favorable place to pitch in, in Seattle. And then at Detroit, so pretty good
2: matchups here, but Mike Fires.
0: The matchups are there for him. He's just Mr.
2: Inconsistent. He's had good matchups before, and he hasn't performed. I can see it in a 15, and
0: a 12. I, I mean, I don't think I'm doing it. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
1: All right, we're back. Want to make it rain like Hawaii? Go to pointsbet.com/grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account and then enter the promo code GRID, G R I D, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are awarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Giants minus three and they cover the spread by seven points, you receive seven times your stake. That's pointbed.com backslash grid. Enter the promo code GRID, G-R-I-D, and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. That's pretty interesting. Fantasy Frankie was telling me about that, Ronus.
2: Yeah, I'm familiar with them as well. And uh, yeah, it is interesting. At the same time, though, uh, you, can you can also lose. lose. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm like, if you really like a bet, that's a then 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 you could be my rich friend, right?
2: Definitely, yeah. You have to have uh, supreme confidence, and we all know that. Uh, there's many times we've been really confident in a side, and it doesn't work out. But a lot of times, uh, if you have the inclination and ability to come through on that, you can definitely uh, cash in on that.
1: And if you have the inclination and ability to be a dynasty owner, go to playffwc.com right now and look for a dynasty orphan team. We're still trying to sell some of our orphans. They've got great teams available, and I want you to go there. You go to playffwc, click the blue box up top. You look for the dynasty orphans, and you'll see the teams are available, and you get yourself into a dynasty league right now. I don't know about you, Ronus, but I have a lot of our friends that we know very well who are asking me dynasty help as we, as we speak pretty
2: much. Yeah, I mean, it is that time. A lot of people are doing their rookie drafts now or about to, so it's uh, definitely heating up.
1: All right, let's get into tonight's DFS, and I don't know, can somebody tell me why the Yankee games are at 635, Ronas, because they don't appear on on those slates at night?
2: Yeah, I think they're just trying to start them a little bit earlier, because it's a little bit colder now uh, on the East Coast than some other places. I mean, Today, it's it's dreary. It's bad weather. They should get the game in. There might be a delay, but it was raining pretty much all day yesterday. It's raining most of the day today. So, you know, it's that time when you get the bad weather. That's, I think, I haven't really kind of read anything on that. I know the Indians have done it. So, my guess is. So, will the Yankees go back to 7 o'clock come June or July? I think so. I haven't looked at their schedule, but I think so.
1: All right. Does it make you feel better to know that I played golf yesterday with my son? Mm, what does it make here? me
2: feel better? Was no. it raining here? Okay. I mean, hey. I didn't care. I didn't care if it was raining yesterday. I mean, I was because uh, I'm still hurt, and my softball game got canceled. So
0: I've been fortunate.
2: <laughs> I have not been able to play for two weeks. There's been four days of cancellations. The two weeknights, I think one was weather, one was field conditions, and the last two Sundays it is rain. And I probably wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't have been able to play. I'm an idiot, and I'm like, yeah, I'll be at the field. I told my coach I'll be there. But I don't know if I can play. I'm going to try and warm up, but please have someone as a backup because I don't think I'm going to be able to play. But I was actually going to go, but there's no way I can play. So I'm actually kind of happy. It now now means that that I can hopefully play when these games get pushed back into the summer.
1: Ronis, I was in a pro volleyball league, and I had a broken bone in my foot and I used to go to the matches, even though I couldn't play. Do you know how badly I wanted to get out there? I couldn't. I could barely walk, but I wanted to get out of there so badly. It's almost better if I didn't go to the gym, dude. Because if I didn't go to the gym, I didn't think about playing.
2: Yeah, it's tough to watch. You know, I don't know how these professional guys do it. I know it was well; they get paid a lot of money. It th- there's a reason why they're at that level. Maybe not all of them, but a majority of them are very competitive. They want to be out there, regardless if they get paid, especially in a big spot. So. Uh, I crashed into a a pole one year and I played later that night, like an idiot. And I was running and my jaw was, uh, feeling it. i just, you know, I just want to go out and play. So, so, but sometimes we do stupid things and especially, you know, that was probably 10 years ago. So I was a little bit younger, but now it's like, why risk it when it's not something that I'm getting paid for? And it's, would you
1: like, I'm going to give you Papa Roto medical advice. Okay. Not not me. I'm Dr. This is my dad's medical advice.
2: Does it hurt when you move to the left? to the left yeah. like what turn my head yeah when you turn to the left no
1: okay does it hurt when you turn to the right no okay because my my would be like I go it hurts when I move to the left and he goes don't do that I'm like you're kidding me <laughs> this is like the worst advice I ever got you know doctor I don't know I just find like if you're in pain Ronas as you get older go to a doctor because it could be something more than you think take it from someone who knows
2: that is true alright um, I'm nice anti-doctors, man.
1: Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good.
2: All right. Yeah. <laughs> not, it's not <laughs> oh, a shot I'm at not. you. F- fantasy it's, doctors are real it's not a sh- doctors. <laughs> Both, man. They're all corrupt and frauds. Oh, my God. that's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. All
1: right. Milwaukee against Philadelphia. Freddie Peralta against Aaron Nola. I told you when to go with Freddie Peralta. Tonight's not the night, Ronus. Don't do it.
2: Yeah. I'm a little surprised. Wouldn't wouldn't you think that they want to go with an opener since it worked for him last time out? And yes, which makes no not sense to me.
1: And it's cold
2: and rainy and crappy. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing him. You know, I don't know if the opener helped or not. Like, what's the psychology behind that? He still has to go out there and pitch an inning. So, like, how did it help? I don't understand.
1: Well, look, John Havlicek was the greatest six man in basketball. He could he could have started for uh, every game. He liked. He said because he was my favorite player when I was a kid was that he liked to watch the game in the beginning and then come in. All right, I get that. Maybe Freddie wants to watch the first
2: at at-bats from guys. Why? It's three. Okay, so say the pitcher that opens retires the side in order. He's not going to see those guys for another inni- two innings or three. So, like, how does it help? Unless well, that's it's a ner- I- Unless it's a nerve thing. thing. But I, I so mean, that- you still know you're going in the game. Like, I, so, I want to see a, a large sample of this because I think a lot of people are jumping to the conclusion. Oh, see, that was one, what's wrong with Peralta. Maybe that was no, the day no. he had his good stuff. We've seen Peralta look really good and look like garbage. I, so I don't I know thought if he was that's gonna have the his good stuff.
1: I thought look, he was going to have his good stuff that day.
2: I don't know if that's the answer, but since it did work, I would probably do it again today just to see. Maybe that is it. I don't know. We don't. I don't think anyone knows the answer.
1: I want to get back to your point about openers. A one-inning opener doesn't make sense to me. A three-inning opener makes a lot of sense because they see you once, then you're out of the game. Right? No, the reason, that makes the, sense reason,
2: the reason why the opener is great for fantasy, the guy who comes in second, he only needs to go three, four innings to get a win. So he I like it. I have Jalen Beeks <laughs> in a couple leagues. I have I Chirinos know. in a couple. I like it because I don't have to worry about this guy going five, six innings now. He could come in for three. The team has the lead. Boom, he gets a W. Now, obviously, huh? I would like five, six innings because I want more strikeouts.
1: I would stack some Phillies tonight, but it's cold and wet. I don't know. Not a great stacking for me. All right, Houston against Detroit. Brad Peacock against Matt Boyd. Houston is a favorite on the road, even though Boyd's pitching well. That's mainly because the Astros rake lefties, us.
2: Yeah, I think uh, and Peacock's coming off a really good game, and we know Detroit is an offense that we can pick on. So uh, I think Peacock's in play tonight. Boyd, obviously... I don't think people. I guess Boyd is contrarian in DFS. I think people don't want to pick on the Astros, and he's pitched very well. Definitely using him in seasonal with a two-start week, but um, I would. I think Peacock's definitely in a good spot tonight. It's hard. I mean, they're they're bad against righties. They're a terrible offense. Um,
1: it's a very I, small slate tonight too. It's only six games, so you you're gonna have to pick very wisely.
2: Yeah, I mean, but I I think Peacock's in play tonight.
1: All right, Angels against Twins, Tyler Skaggs against Jose Berrios. Minnesota only a minus 140 favored. You would think Berrios at home that they'd be higher. I, I, over-under is nine. I like him tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's very good at home. He struggles a little bit on the road. Uh, he can get strikeouts. He hasn't been walking anyone. Uh, so, yeah, I think he'll be popular tonight, but uh, I definitely consider him as one of my two pitchers on DK.
1: All right, Cleveland against the White Sox. Shane Bieber fever against Ronaldo Lopez. Cleveland favored on the road, minus 160, over under nine. We're not, uh, Charlie Tilson moves to uh, lead off in this lineup. Uh, I just don't know whether I – I mean, Ronaldo Lopez can be really bad sometimes.
2: Yeah, he's one of the most erratic pitchers in baseball. I wrote him up in the two-start article for pitchers this week, and actually – Put him as a recommendation, and that's very scary. Only for 15-team leagues. I would not do it in 12 just because he has pretty good matchups this week. But uh, it's tough to use him. He is a tournament play where you know that you could lose money. But he can go out there and strike out 10, uh, and he does get a pretty good matchup because, yeah, the Indians have Lindor and Ramirez, but it's still a weak lineup.
1: All right, this one's an interesting one for me, Adam. Uh, The Pirates are playing the Diamondbacks, Nick Kingham against Robbie Ray, Arizona minus 180 over under is nine. I think I could be all in on Arizona tonight. Maybe start out with Robbie Ray and just run a stack there against Kingham.
2: Yeah, Ray certainly in play tonight uh, here at home. We know he can get a ton of strikeouts, so... Uh, the key, obviously, is, you know, limit the walks. And the Pirates are a team that actually doesn't walk that much. Uh, and they have been struggling against lefties. So, uh, he he can get you eight, nine Ks, even if he only goes five, six innings. So, uh, if that's what you're looking for, uh, he's in play tonight.
1: All right, Mike Tears for Fears against Yusei Kikuchi. Seattle, a minor favorite, of 125, under is nine. Fears had the uh, no-hitter last time. Is this the time where you go get your Mariners in because he's not going to have two good games in a row?
2: Yeah, he took 131 pitches. They did give him an extra day of rest, though, so that might help him a little bit. Uh, Kikuchi's been pretty good lately, too. Uh, yeah, I, I I won't pitch fires. I mean, he's been so inconsistent the whole year. I know he's had a couple good outings recently. Uh, some people might be more inclined to go to him, seeing that he's coming off a no-hitter. Uh, Seattle's been a very inconsistent offense they've cooled off lately uh but I, I i can't go with fires
1: all right so on Fanduel tonight berrios is ten thousand four hundred, boyd is 99 bieber 95 nolan 93 robbie ray 88 peacock 85 kikuchi 7900 who do you like
2: uh peacock and Berrios.
1: you like peacock yes but, but peacock can be really bad don't you think
2: no, was it just that
1: these?
2: I think he had one really bad outing in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. But he's coming off a really good one, and it's Detroit, man. Like that's a team that just you want to pick on, uh, especially if you can get past like Castellanos, Cabrera, and even Cabrera hasn't been great this year. It's just uh, not a good team, man. They just have a lot of weak bats in that lineup, and especially with Houston hitting like the way they are. He should get the run support, uh, and, and Peacock, for the most part, the overall numbers this year have been really good. I think it was one bad start in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. He hasn't been giving up too many home runs. Uh, his ERA should be better than it is. He's been unlucky with a 62.2% strand rate. You know, league average is about 73%, so he's been a, bit, a little bit unlucky there. So it's just a good matchup, and it saves you some money if you want to go away from, you know, I think people will be on Ray, people will be on Burrios tonight. What's funny
1: about Ray, Ray is the number one starter on DraftKings tonight at $10,000. Interesting, he's number one on one side, like the number four on another.
2: Yeah, um, and Peacock's one bad start was at Minnesota. It was two starts to go, and then against Kansas City, he came back and threw seven squirrels innings with one walk and 12 Ks. So... Mm. uh, I just think he it's a good matchup here. Look, he's won against that poor Kansas City offense dominated. He went against a poor Cleveland offense, went six innings for its one run, a walk in seven Ks. Uh, and his other bad start was Oakland back in early April. So what if I go Oakland peacock
1: kakuchi Could I go peacock Cicucci? You Do you need to do that, though? Is that to get I'm in like bats Yeah, tonight? to get in bats. I, I always look at a six-game slate. You've got to get some bats in. Right, um, you got to have the right, you have to have the right stack, or you're losing. Or you want Betios? You want Betios? Peacock?
2: I think you can do Kikuchi. He just doesn't get a ton of strikeouts. That's what I'm worried about. So you need him to go like seven innings to offset but, the potential.
1: But I'm worried that if Berrios at home, why is he minus 140? Shouldn't he be minus 180?
2: Yes. I think he should be higher. Uh, Doesn't that
1: make you worried? Vegas knows something I don't, Adam.
2: Uh, Angels have been hitting a little bit. Maybe that's why, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Peacock's a road favorite at minus 136. That worries me too. Why? Because Boyd has been, if there's anyone
1: any, if there's any time that the Tigers should ever be favored, it's when Boyd's on the mound. But I don't think he should be on the mound. He should be favored against the Astros. That makes sense to me. But minus 160 seems a little high. Shouldn't it be like minus 130? For who?
2: Houston. I see minus 136. Oh, I see minus 160 here. Okay. Maybe it's changed. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, minus 136 is fair. That's
1: fair. Maybe you're using a different site. I would take that, that. That's a, what? What is Minnesota on yours?
2: Uh, I see... Minus one forty two. Hmm. All right, that's a,
1: that, that's more in line, I guess. But that's a big difference minus one one sixty and one thirty six.
2: Yeah, I mean, but how much do you look into that for when you're trying to
1: decide? A, lo- a lot. I look at Vegas. Vegas tells me a lot. Vegas is smarter than I am. I can tell you that right now. So here I'm on another site here. Houston's one fifty four on this, yeah, this uh, sports book one.
2: Yeah, DK Sportsbook minus one fifty five. Twins okay. minus one
1: forty eight. Oh, Twins, I have minus one fifty here. I want on another one here. That's a uh, an out. An out of Mariners.
2: Mariners minus one twenty two.
1: Yeah, minus one twenty one. Right, so this one's pretty close. All right, so if I if I use these Astros at minus one fifty four, but isn't Boyd Boyd has been their best starter? If you're if they're ever going to win a game this week, isn't it because Boyd is pitching it?
2: Sure, but it's the Houston offense, which, I mean, I know they've been up and down, but, I mean, yesterday, 15 runs, George Springer's on fire. Um, I guess it depends on what type of bat you want to fit in. You know, who's who's going to be the stack? How much do they cost? You know, can you get a couple cheap bats? That's really going what it comes down to.
1: Who's your favorite stack tonight? Would you stack Houston against Boyd, or do you stack uh, Diamondbacks against Kingham?
2: Probably, I mean, look—it's hard to say no to Houston, but they are going against Boyd, who's been very good, and he's capable of doing it. But uh, can, I would you say the with, can you stack backs
1: Can you stack Twins without Nelson Cruz in the lineup? Yeah.
2: Why you do you need
1: What if Marwin Gonzalez hits two home runs? Yeah, he could. I'm just joking. All right, what if I, I think? What if I think I want to stack Aaron, uh, Diamondbacks and Mariners? I just think Fires 131 pitches a lot for that guy.
2: Yeah, it is for sure, and it's not like he's a good pitcher either. Um, We've seen him get hammered around. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. He's prone to home runs, so uh, I think you could. Uh, I think uh, even some Cleveland bats, man, against Ronaldo Lopez in Chicago, I mean, he's just hes not that good at all. They have to get hot at some point, right,
1: Cleveland? Lindor, Kipnis, Suarez, Bowers, they have to start hitting.
2: No, they don't have to. <laughs> but Lindor and Ramirez obviously would be. And if Kipnis, they move down. But if he moves up, then you could potentially use them against Lopez. Because I don't think they're going to be highly owned. Are you telling Jake Bowers? Do you even like Jake Bowers? I don't have him anywhere. I've been too He's at the leagues. bottom of the me. order, too. Yeah. He's freaking killing me, dude. It's killing me.
1: He was, I liked him because he was first base, outfield eligible. I liked it.
2: It hasn't worked out so far. No. All
1: right. Who's coming up in our number two, Adam?
2: Uh, It'll be me solo. All
1: right, Rona Solo. It's me. I'm out of here. Take care. Be well and take care. Back after this.